If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session. Because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Episode 30 of Breathing Underwater. Wow, we're in the 30s. This feels significant to me. And maybe that's because 30 is really a significant number. I remember when I turned 30, it was a very important year, as it was for Jesus as well, which leads me to the interpretation of 30. This is the one that I go to that God uses for me when I'm interpreting and speaking to people all the time. If you're seeing 30s, 30 represents maturity from ministry, stepping into your true call, just as what happened with Jesus. This was the year that he entered into ministry. He was baptized by the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan, where he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he entered into his earthly ministry, which of course we know he was only in three years, but this began when he was 30, which is the same thing happened for me. I entered into a calling in a really significant way when I was 30. Also, I just had to look up what the Strong's number 30 meant in the Greek and the Hebrew, and the Greek really stood out to me. Well, actually, so did the Hebrew, but let me start with the Greek. The Greek meaning for the number 30 is vessel, a vessel, which feels so right with what we're talking about entering into ministry and Jesus having that baptism and then the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And really that's what we are as we enter into ministry and we are represent representatives of Christ on the earth. We are vessels for his spirit. Isn't that appropriate? And then the Hebrew meaning of the number 30 is he is father. And they're talking about the son of Aaron. So the number 30 is related with Aaron, who was a priest. That was his ministry. So entering into priestly ministry as a vessel for the Holy Spirit, that is number 30. Today, we are continuing our series on the deep and actually beginning a little mini series inside of that series about discernment. Dun, 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 dun. Discernment. This is a word that we use a lot in Christendom. What does it mean? 
What does it mean to be discerning? What does it mean to use discernment? We're going to talk about these things. And I am really pumped about talking about this because this is right in the center of what God has been teaching me and a topic that I think is unparalleled in the world we live in right now to learn to discern, to recognize discernment, to operate in gifts of discerning of spirits, I would say is the greatest key that we can hold right now as believers in this age and in this time. I am really anticipating God unlocking things for you, unveiling things, light bulbs going on, shifts and little internal movements happening in you as we talk about discernment and get into some of the nitty gritty. And we have examples of discernment dreams and I'm going to be real. I'm also anticipating some spiritual warfare because of the importance of this topic. Discernment is essentially our ability to see into what's really happening in the spirit realm. It's a dangerous thing to the kingdom of darkness, and it is a powerful thing for the kingdom of light, for God's kingdom. And he gives all of us who follow him discernment. We all have a measure of discernment, but then there's also a specific spiritual gift called the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is so weighty and powerful and really worthy of its own episode. So I'm going to wait for its own episode to really dig deep into that one. And I honestly can't wait because I know it is going to change some of your lives. There are many of you who've been operating in the gift of discerning of spirits probably your whole life and just never knew it. And this is something happened to me and everything shifted when I really started to name what was happening with me. And when I understood it was a gift, not a curse. But today I want to set the foundation and talk about discernment in general, because all of us have been given a measure of discernment. We all have the ability to discern and God has the expectation that we use our ability to discern. And I say that we've all been given a measure because this can be practiced and trained and it can actually grow as we exercise this muscle. When we read in Hebrews 5.14, you probably know this one, it says solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So one of the marks of the of the mature is someone who has practiced training their senses to discern the difference between good and evil. And the Greek definition for the word discern here, it's the same word that's used when we're talking about the gift of discerning of spirits. It is translated a distinguishing, a deciding, a judging, or a passing a sentence on. A distinguishing between good and evil, a deciding if something is good or evil, passing a sentence on it, judging it. And you say, Margo, we're not supposed to judge. Well, listen, we're not supposed to judge people. We let God be the judge of people, right? But we judge spirits. We discern spirits. Scripture says, test the spirits. Don't just trust any spirit, test them. Why? Because there are good spirits and there are evil spirits. And if we're going to break it down even more, we can talk about discerning demonic spirits, obviously, and the Holy Spirit, but also we can discern angelic spirits. We can discern human spirits. 
we are able to discern if an angel comes into the room. And this might take training. You might be like, I don't know what it's like when an angel comes in the room. Yeah, you might not know at this moment, but as you train and practice, you're going to get better at being able to discern that. You are discerning human spirits all the time. It might just be a matter of learning what that that experience is, what that feels like, what that sense is. I know sometimes I will just quote unquote, have someone on my heart all morning, right? Like, man, my sister was on my heart all morning. I'll come to talk to her later and realize, oh, she was going through something in that morning. I wonder if I was discerning that her spirit was going through something, that she was going through it. If the Holy Spirit allowed me to feel her that morning because he wanted me to pray for her. If you have a dream and you're like, I couldn't, they didn't look like that person, but I knew in the dream, it, it, my grandma was there. You might've been discerning her spirit in that dream. Spirits have the ability to move around and travel and they're not limited to space and time, which is a whole nother kettle of fish. Don't worry. I'm not going to open that can of worms today, but we have the ability to discern all of these spirits and really even distinguishing between good and evil can be a little bit trickier than we think sometimes. As I say, yeah, we're learning to distinguish between the Holy Spirit and demonic spirits. Duh, Margot, that's actually really easy. You're right. Oftentimes it is really easy because the Holy Spirit in and of himself is so holy and set apart and other. And sometimes it's not that easy because our enemy loves to twist and manipulate and get us to believe things that are false, right? Now, this is not something we need to be afraid of. I'm not saying this so that you'll be afraid of being deceived. No, to be afraid of being deceived is just following a spirit of fear. So we're not into that. The Holy Spirit is leading us and teaching us to be able to distinguish and discern. And we will have the ability to actually name individual spirits, what we're discerning in a place, in a dream, over a specific city, in an atmosphere. Absolutely. But today we're just talking about the overarching gift of discernment. I think it's interesting that Jesus was even tested in this area. Yep, I said it. Going back to what we mentioned before when we were talking about the number 30, Jesus, when he, it was time for him to enter into ministry, what happened before he even started his public ministry? He was baptized. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and said, this is my son who I am in whom I am pleased. Right. And then the Holy Spirit stayed with him. So even Jesus needed the spirit to be baptized in the spirit, to have the spirit resting on him, to be able to enter into ministry, just like we need the spirit. And then what happened right after that? Uh, he went and healed a bunch of people. Nope. He went and delivered a bunch of people. Nope. He had a triumphal entry into Jerusalem where he like took the whip. Nope, that wasn't yet. The very next thing that happened was that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, led Jesus into the wilderness where he was tested by Satan. You guys know this story. He was starving. <laughs> he had been fasting 40 days. He was tired. He was out in the middle of nowhere. And Satan came to him and started to test him. He was using scripture to try and get Jesus to agree with him, right? He wasn't using big fabricated lies. He was using scripture, but he was manipulating them. He was being tested in discerning of spirits, I believe. 
Because here's this scripture and he can say, yeah, I know that that's scripture, but that's not the spirit of God behind that. You might be quoting my father or that story that came from him, but that's not my father's spirit. So we can even read things and hear things and there's a spirit behind it that we need to be able to discern if it is good or evil. Have you ever had that experience? This happens sometimes, even with scripture where someone will come to you and they'll use scripture. I say use scripture on you because that right there is an indicator, but the spirit behind it might be a religious spirit or a critical spirit or a punishing spirit. Have you ever had that in that moment? Someone comes to you and uses scripture, it's confusing because you're like, wait, that's the word of God, but that did not feel like God. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, makes me cringe. Wait, that was the word. That was the, the holy scriptures. That was from Matthew 11, da, da, da. I know that scripture, but that did not feel like conviction. That felt like condemnation. That did not feel like comfort and life. That felt like accusation. That felt like stealing, killing, and destroying. There you go. Good job. Just because it's scripture doesn't mean the spirit behind it is always the spirit of God. So there is much for us to grow in in this. And one of the ways that God is going to put you into training in this is in your dream life. It's not as simple as just like, was that a demonic dream or not? That's a part of it. Absolutely. But he gives us specific dreams that I call discernment dreams. These are actually a huge chunk of the kind of dreams that I have because discerning of spirits is one of my strongest gifts, if not my strongest gift. We're going to talk about that more in days to come. But this will come up in our dreams. Our ability to discern, was that good? Was that evil? Was that the Lord? Was that not? When I gave you the definition of that Greek meaning for discern earlier, one of the things that it said in there was passing sentence on, right? It's actually like, judging it and like going through a process to judge it one way or another. And I actually think that this is really accurate. This is something I experience all the time. And many of you probably know this experience too and are practicing this, but I have a book by James Gall on discernment. And this just particular part of this chapter really stood out to me. I want to read it to you. He's talking about that same definition of the word discernment. And he says, it can indicate to separate, to distinguish, to discern one thing from another, or to doubt, hesitate, or waver. The act of discernment, in other words, he says, incorporates some give and take, some trial and error, presenting a case and disputing it. Only through our practice sessions can we come into greater maturity and eventually overcome even our personal weaknesses because each of us has personal weaknesses, right? If we have a certain area of our life where we have a bent towards a particular way of thinking, then we might be discerning through that lens more than we know. So it is important that when we feel like we're discerning something that we start to test it. And we actually bring it through this trial. Like he says, this give and take, this trial and error, the presenting the case and disputing it. I love to do this with my friends. I'll be like, Hey, did you, when you heard this thing or when you saw this thing or when you were in this place, did you feel this? Some of them might be like, I totally did. Others might be like, no, I didn't. That doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. It's great to have other people discern the same thing that you discerned, but we all discern different things as well. But that's one way. Hey, just put it out there and see if other people discern that same thing. 
also, I love to just have conversations and process it out. Like, okay, it felt like this. And then I felt like this. And then this is what happened after that. But I think I actually have this judgment against that person already. So I'm not sure that was actually discernment. Now, this is with trusted friends, right? This is not we're going and gossiping about, thing, gossiping about things or people. This is having a safe place to kind of suss it out, to give and take, to have a dialogue about it. But obviously, the most important thing we can do is always bring it to God in prayer and be like, okay, this felt weird. I don't know what was going on there. God, can you help me discern this and let him show you what spirit that was of? Sometimes this takes time. There are, I would say, three really key ways that the enemy tries to resist us when we're learning discernment. And these might seem really natural. Like, what do you mean? I experience those all the time. But I actually think that it is a part of resisting our ability to hone this gift of discernment, this ability to discern, because it's such an important thing that we learn. And here are the three things I want you to just be aware of. And I would say the first one is doubt. Almost every single time I discern something, I'll discern it, meaning I feel it or I sense it, or it's just kind of, I I know it, it's there, it'll be there. And then immediately I'll be like, oh, maybe that was just me. You guys know what I'm talking about. That happens all the time. When I'm having conversations with people about discernment, I actually coach people around discernment a lot. And what I hear 99.9% of the time is, well, I think I was feeling this, but it was probably just me. Well, probably wasn't just you, actually. And if it was, great. Let's just talk it through, and then we'll know if it was just you. But I hear that too often, (laughs) and it goes through my own head too often, that I think the first thing that comes at us is doubt. We have a revelation, a spiritual revelation. Something's unveiled to us, whether we know it or not. And then immediately we're like, ah, probably not push through that. Push through that. Don't let that hinder you. I would say the second thing is, oh, but I'm probably just being judgmental. Here's that word judgmental again. Guess what? You get to be the judge when we're talking about spiritual things. And oftentimes this will come when we're around people or we might sense a spirit with a person or maybe around a person or in a certain situation. And we're so afraid of being judgmental about that person that we don't even take the time to discern what we're discerning. Now, it is wise to not jump in and judge someone. This is why we bring this to the Lord. This is why we tuck in to prayer in this. And this is why we go to those people that we really trust where we can safely process this out because we don't want to just go judging people. I know. But it's also really important that we don't let that gross religious thing keep us from actually judging the spirit realm. Okay, so be aware, like, were you really judging that person? Or are you just being accused that you were just judging that? Maybe you were judging something spiritual. Well, what if I wasn't? But what if you were? There's only one way to find out. This is that give and take process. And the third way that I see as being one of the main ways that that keeps us from pressing in and exercising this muscle, honestly, is busyness. We just don't want to take the time. We might sense something or feel something, but we don't take the time to sit with God about it. We don't take the time to write it down. We don't really even take the time to acknowledge it. And then by the time we get to the end of the day, we're asleep and we've forgotten about it. And of course, God in his kindness will then probably bring it in a dream (laughs) because we're listening. So pay attention to those discernment dreams. But this is something we also need to be making time for and intentionality. 
if you're going to the gym to beef up your biceps or your triceps, your biceps, your tries or your shoulders or your lats. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that was such a snarky attitude. I just thought it was funny. If you're going to beef up muscles, it takes a lot of intentionality and it takes reps, right? Heavy weight or a lot of reps, you choose. But either one of those is uncomfortable because you are breaking down muscle and rebuilding muscle. It takes intentionality. It takes time. It takes pushing through discomfort and laziness. So that also applies to practicing training our senses. But it doesn't have to be a big, scary, heavy thing. I think God is already talking to you about this, even in some of your dreams. A couple of weeks ago, when I did the interview with Brandy, we talked about Adam and Eve and the story in Genesis. Oh man, it's just one of my favorite parts. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to it. It's just so juicy. Mm, 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 mm. But talking about how when they ate the fruit and their eyes were opened, the very first thing that they focused on was the fact that they were naked. It was something physical. And this ability to get focused on the physical above the spiritual and feel that the physical facts of things outweigh spiritual truth is something that we as humans are all prone to do. Even those of us who've been walking with God for many, many years and been training our discernment and are yielded to the Holy Spirit, it still can be easy sometimes to second guess what we're sensing in the spirit because of what we see with our eyes. And this is one of the reasons I think it is of the utmost importance to God that we operate in faith and that we learn to exercise these muscles because we don't live by sight. We live by faith, right? And in learning discernment, we have to apply some faith. We have to apply faith that, okay, God might be speaking to me here, I'm not just going to judge myself and be like, I'm probably just doubting. I, this probably isn't anything. God is wanting to reveal something to you. And even in our dreams, not just in our dreams, but even in our dreams, he might be unveiling something that's actually happening under the surface of a situation in your life. This happens for me all the time. And I remember probably eight or so years ago now, one of the big ones that this just broke something open for me because I had been in a, a friendship of sorts or in a relational capacity around a group of people. And I just, I couldn't put my finger on it, but something just kind of felt off. And I wouldn't even say it was even strong. You know, sometimes it's like, mm, something's really not right here. It wasn't even that. It was just this little tiny twinge that maybe something was wrong or something was a little bit off, but I wasn't praying about it. I wasn't concerned about it. It was kind of like in one ear and out the other, that kind of a thing. I was discerning something, but I didn't really have any idea I was until I had this dream. And I will never forget this dream. It is emblazoned emotionally on my heart and the images in my mind. And I can't actually go into the specifics of the dream. But these people in this situation were in my dream. And this particular situation was playing out in the dream. And I was seeing um, one person in particular acting a certain way that was just really obviously disingenuous. Very clearly like... Um, controlling and 
manipulative, but like emotionally um, kind of buttering people up. And it was exaggerated in the dream. So it was really evident to me what I was seeing and sensing in the dream. And in the dream, I didn't have a voice to say, I wanted to go call it out and be like, don't listen to them. No, this is wrong. Don't listen to them. But I didn't have a voice in the dream. So instead, I walked up to this person and I started dancing. I started dancing hard. And that sounds kind of funny, but it was actually really emotional and powerful in the dream. What was happening, it was heart-wrenching because I felt like I didn't have words, but my movement was like, no, no, this isn't okay. And I woke up deeply, deeply grieved from that dream. And it really marked me. And I remember going to God and saying, this, this feels like you just showed me what's going on there. I have not been discerning it like this at all. Like, is that, is that what's happening here? And God said, yes. And then I continued to have more dreams that confirmed that. Now, it really opened my eyes to something that I could then see when I was physically in situations around this person and these people. And you might ask, what was the point of that? And the point of it was the dancing. God has given us authority and a voice to intercede, to pray for certain situations to be shifted, to pray for certain um, spirits and dynamics to be unveiled, to be brought into the light for corruption, to be exposed for, you know, people with facades, for the facade to be removed. So he wants to bring justice spiritually, but also to pray that people would be delivered, that these people would come to him. That's always his heart, right? So I believe that in that dream, my dance was my prayer. It was my intercession. I didn't have a voice in that moment, which is really interesting because at that point in time, that was pretty true. I didn't have the same confidence and authority in my voice that I do now when it comes to naming and calling things out in the spirit, which is actually a massive part of my calling who I, who I am and what I'm made to do. But at that point, I hadn't received back my authority and my confidence in what I'm discerning yet. So it looked different. But through that process, I continued to seek God and get confirmations that, yes, this is happening. So I just started to say more and more, okay, why are you showing me this? What do you want me to do? What is within my calling or my authority or the jurisdiction that I'm in somehow and who I am with you, operating with you, that you've shown me this? Sometimes, like I said just now, it is to pray. Sometimes it's to actually have a voice and call something out. Sometimes this needs to absolutely happen within a church body that we go to leadership and say, hey, I'm really discerning and sensing this is happening with this person here. Do you guys see it? Now, this is not something we do the moment we have one inkling. We go and we test it. We go to the Lord to get confirmations. Then we really pray into what we're meant to do. But sometimes it is for us to actually blow the whistle on something that's not supposed to be happening, that we don't see with our eyes, but that we have been given discernment on that's happening under the surface. It's actually really, really an important thing for safety in the body. And sometimes it's really just to, 
to give us an awareness of what's happening in a situation so that we can avoid it, so that we can stay separate from it, or like I've said before, so we can come into it and be a part of God's remedy in some way. So I would love for you to sit with some of your recent dreams and ask the Holy Spirit, hey, were any of these discernment dreams, were you showing me something that was going on in a situation that you want me to see? I would also love to challenge you to start paying a little more attention to what you're discerning. And I'm going to pray for you in just a moment that your senses would be heightened. But a great way to do this, if you haven't done this before, is to take a couple of minutes and really just offer your senses to God. Just offer your whole body, including your senses, as a living sacrifice, like it says in Romans. Give it to him for his purposes and just say, you can you can have my senses to sanctify them, to purify them, to use them, to teach me, to discern. And then just watch how the heightenedness of your discernment actually changes and have expectation where you know that there's going to be more that you're perceiving. And then really start to just pay attention. Write something down that you notice. Take five minutes before you go to bed while you're laying in bed. Journal a little bit about your day. Ask the Holy Spirit, did I discern anything today? Did anything feel off? What happened today when I was like having that really angry moment? Was that me or was that something I was discerning? Actually, before I move on, I wanted to say this earlier, but we keep talking about the senses, training our senses, what I'm sensing. And that's because we discern through our senses. So what are the five senses? Seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling, tasting. What? We can discern through tasting and smelling. Oh, yes, you can. And through seeing, absolutely. And there's a sixth sense, which I would just call basically our spirit sense, right? Kind of just a spirit knowing or like a resonance in our spirit. But I think it's really cool and important to talk about the less common ways of discerning something, which can be through smell or even through taste. I actually relatively often discern through smelling. Now, sometimes I discern the presence of Jesus, that I was at a conference a year or so ago, and the most beautiful incense, kind of rich, cologne smell entered into the hallway where I was, and I just knew the presence of Jesus was there. And he led me into this whole moment of conversation with him. It was really powerful, but I smelt him <laughs> before I felt him. Also, I have been in situations where I smell like trash or garbage or something in a situation where it doesn't make sense. I know there's not actually trash there. And that could be speaking to just an unclean spirit or certain spirits smell like other things. And so if there's a, a moment where you're smelling something and you're curious of what it is, I would ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's discernment. I have a good friend who has a beautiful testimony of God teaching her through smelling in the spirit this pure, beautiful jasmine smell, and then this kind of chemical smell. And he was using that to illustrate like purity versus something chemical or man-made or compromised. Isn't that beautiful? So pay attention to what you're smelling, even what you're tasting if it comes out of nowhere. What is this? Is this discernment, God? 
And I would love to hear how this process goes. I'd love to hear what you're learning. I would love to hear how frustrating it is. I would love to walk with you in this too. If you need help with this, naming things or learning more about this, I am here. I am coaching on this all the time. My details are in the show notes. So don't ever hesitate to reach out. This is what I am here for. And I really look forward to being with you next week. We're going to be talking about nightmares. And I have a good friend coming on the podcast who has this powerful revelation about redeeming nightmares, flipping them, actually using them to reveal God's purpose and strategy in our lives. It's going to be so good. So I just hope that you'll be there. I hope you have an amazing week. And until next time, happy discernment dreaming.